I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, looking back 15 years. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode... 446. I kind of like that. Kind of like the numbers of that for what this show is. This is episode 446, 15 years. Creative mom, creativity matters, creative mind, creative me. Creative me. After all these years, really, creative me and creative you. Since I've been counting the weeks with the weekly self-portraits, the one I drew last night was week 50, and looking at it this morning makes me cringe so hard. Weekly self-portraits, a fascinating process since I continue to get bigger. The two years I've been drawing these weekly self-portraits have been more and more difficult to face week to week. But since I've been counting those, I'm pretty clear that the end of this life year is rolling around. Hard to believe, yes, a year that was both on pause and a year that vanished at the same time. I don't have any expectations for this birthday and no illusions. And this is a great way to start a show, right? feels like we're starting on a downer, but not necessarily, not really. Sundays can be hit or miss. I've had moments thinking about this show that were excited, overflowing, burgeoning somehow, and moments thinking about this show that felt weepy, emotional. But it struck me the other day, sometime last week, maybe the week before, that the podcast itself turns 15 this week, this year, but this week. A full 15 years have passed since I started the Creative Mom podcast, the Creative Mom podcast, in the summer of 2006. Mom, what are you making? You're Mom, mom, what's mom, what's my Mom, what's my Mom, what's It was a lifetime ago. I feel now like I don't know who I was then. I can't really grasp it. Same thing, of course, with so much of memory for me, but it's hard for me to really sort out who I was then. There were a lot of scones, a lot of Starbucks coffees, many, many trips to sit up at a lookout point or at a beach while my youngest slept in the car. I can picture a few pictures taken from these days. I didn't know how things would unfold or crinkle or spiral or shrink in the 15 years in between. I don't even know what origami creation might emerge 
if all those folds and crinkles and slumps and upswoops, mountain folds, all of those things were translated into a piece of origami. And I had no idea I would develop such a strong creative habit or such a focused one. Started out in a very different point. I didn't know what I had inside me or where my art would really gravitate, where it would center, where I would find this focus and this sense of mindfulness and gratitude and balance. I didn't know how my art habit would grow and blossom and unfurl. And I am sure the podcast has a lot to do with all of those things, with how all of those things have happened. I am sure the podcast has had a lot to do with it. I was more optimistic then, more hopeful overall, skinnier too. It is interesting how the passage of time can chip away at us. I saw a post recently about money and about podcasters and about creative careers and about success. And it was actually a very specific post, but I keep editing these lines, minimizing, evading, couching, tucking in the raw edges and whip stitching the borders to make it a bit tidier, a bit less concrete. These are things I keep out of the show locked away somewhere in a box of untouchables. So funny. I'm not aware that I have a box like that, but there are other boxes, things we don't say directly, things we hint at, things we skirt the edges of, things we look at obliquely. Maybe there is a box of untouchables too. Things with undeniable pull and force, their own gravity, so to speak. They shape every single thing that happens on this show, and yet they cannot be spoken. That may, in fact, have always been my problem, that box of untouchables. Let's just say the conversation that I saw was disheartening. And that's a really watered-down word. But it works. It was disheartening. Disheartening in comparison. If we can just ignore comparison with whatever we are doing, whatever our pursuit is, or our life as a whole, then things might be fine. Things would be fine. Things could be fine. But comparison is a bright light that sometimes reaches you, even when you think you've closed up the doors and pulled the shades. On some days, all of it is disheartening. But then I'll get an email from someone who just wanted to reach out and I'll smile. Those emails are pretty rare. I would even go so far as to say they are really rare. But sometimes they happen. Sometimes they are from people who just found the CMP and who tell me that they are either listening backwards or have gone back to the earliest show that they can still find and they are listening from there. They just found the CMP and for whatever reason, they liked it enough to listen to more than one. Other times, I hear from people that I haven't heard from in years. People that I didn't think even were listening to the show at all at this point. Both of those things happened this week. In terms of coincidence and serendipity and the influx of different things all converging at a point, that both of those things happened this week does seem like a sign. 
and somehow a balancing factor with the other part of that, the untouchables. I still miss a lot of people that I have known through the years because of the CMP. People come and people go, and I'm still here talking out loud. It's always been an odd part of it because I guess I sometimes take it personally. People come and people go, and I'm really grateful for the people who listen. So I got to thinking about the whole 15 years of it. I ran into the Your Life in Pixels post or Your Life in Weeks post this week too. Little squares that represent your whole life. It's always a really profound illustration to look at and it's shown several ways. And again, timing. It happened just this week, all in this mix with all these other things. I mentioned it to my son and he did go and look it up, but I guess it doesn't have the same sense of philosophy when you are 20. Although I think probably when I was 20, it would have. So your mileage may vary. I saw an article about a two-year-old this week accepted to Mensa. I reviewed documents this week that show life expectancies that are well beyond what I expect. And on the flip side, We've been given some other projections that are radically different. And really, we never know. We can't know. There may be too many some days, or there may not be enough some days. Living in the now is the key. And yet you can't ignore the need to prepare for someday just in case. Just in case there is a someday or there are more some days than you expect live in the now, but you can't just shut your eyes to the future. 15 years. Perspective is always relative to whatever else is in sight or in mind or on the post-it note in front of you. I followed a video the other night, maybe for the first time ever, to try something in two-point perspective. For many of you, it's bread and water, a staple. It's how you think. It's how you see. You see all those invisible lines but I don't think I've ever actually done it. Since I had considered a summer series related to perspective, I did this little exercise. That isn't what I will be doing this summer, but it was still in my head because I could really use this perspective series. And so it filtered through to an illustrate your week prompt. And to fulfill that prompt, I watched a simple tutorial and I followed along. And a few nights later, I talked about it with my oldest. He's what I would consider classically trained. And for him, perspective is a no-brainer. I know lots of people who consider it a no-brainer and who can't understand that not everyone sees it that way. Not everyone approaches drawing with such technical specificity or a ruler or a straight edge. Anyway, I don't usually ask questions. I don't often ask for help. We don't even often talk about art anymore, but we talked about perspective for a few minutes. And several of his paintings are on the wall, so they just happen to be there, just perfect for discussion. And we were able to look at perspective in a street scene and in an interior restaurant scene and then an exterior building scene. And it was interesting to see those examples and how it works. And then I said something really inane about drawing straight lines, and 
Even I couldn't figure out exactly where what I said came from or why it made any sense. It made total sense when I said it, and then it really fell apart as something that made no sense at all. We laughed, and we laughed, and we laughed, and I looked really silly, and I felt really silly. I felt silly having even had the prospective conversation. But, you know, you have to be willing to ask questions, even when you know they might seem super simple to someone else. You have to ask questions. You have to be open. You have to get past this idea that you need to project this image that you know everything. You have to be able to just be. And you have to be willing to constantly experiment a little bit or a lot and learn and realize that there's a lot to learn. Realize that there is always a path to continue moving on. You don't reach a point and you just stop. Perspective. Sometimes we think we have it, the meaning of life in our view. And sometimes we think we have it, the simplicity, the mindfulness, the gratitude, the emphasis and celebration of the quotidian, the daily one foot in front of the other. Sometimes we see the big picture. And sometimes we drown in our own details and can't manage to find perspective at all. Sometimes all perspective does is foster feelings we would rather not own up to. Sometimes we just keep our heads buried in the sand and hope it all passes over. Is it safe now to look out? I've done all of these things. I've stood at the top of the hill and marveled at the view. At a particular glint of light, at a stunning sunset or a terrifying fire sun. I've walked out and breathed chill air and gasped at a most beautiful pink cloud with a lavender sky. A combination, a single cloud, a glow, something I felt like I had never seen before. That sky had never been before, and I had no way to capture it. And other days, I've walked out oblivious, immune to the world around me, so caught up in all that I don't even see the sky, much less try and sort out the colors. I've wished thousands of times that I was able to hold on to the things I see, to remember them, but the brain just can't hold everything. I cling to the justification that there's just so much coming in, so much that I have to hold on to day to day, that I lose so much. And I wish we could pick and choose which things we actually manage to hold on to, because sometimes the things you do manage to hold on to seem to be the inconsequential things. The things that you just, you need to get through the days, but you wish they didn't take up all that space. You wish you had lots of space for that lavender sky. I lose so much. And from the beginning, from the beginning of the CMP, the quest for memory has been a thread here. Even all those years ago, it was already a thread for me, for younger me. That hasn't changed. If anything, it has become more profound, more poignant, more tender, and more terrifying. Memory keeps me up at night. Over the last few weeks before I realized this 15-year thing, 15-year thing, 
I was already playing mental hopscotch, bouncing up and down like an out-of-shape yo-yo in response to all the things. It's been a year that just keeps hitting. It's been a year that seems to have told me that I can't change things. I can't sort out the friendship puzzle. I can't sort out the success puzzle. I can't sort out the this or the that. Let's make sure that box of untouchables is locked up tight. I can't find a way to make ends meet. I can't find the magic key to success. I can't make people like me. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. So much for that little engine that could because that's the thing. We just keep plugging away. I think I can. I think I can. But some days I just look back and say, I kept thinking that I can and I can't. I don't even know where I saw it recently. There was specifically a post I saw about the fact that people get caught up in the myth of the, if you build it, they will come. And I probably gasped just like that because it's such a important mantra for me. And yet it's never panned out. And seeing that post, I was like, yeah, see, yeah, other people know this. Other people know this, that things don't just happen because you work hard or because you believe hard, or because you believe and you keep believing and you keep plugging along. This year has shown me lots of, I can't. But there's that inner part of me that says, I'll say maybe I can't. Because really, I always think I can. I always think I can. And yet it never sort of works out. And then I realized this 15-year number thing, I was bouncing all over the place, this yo-yo like crazy Although maybe it's better if we call it a kaleidoscope and we turn and we shift and we see all the patterns. But in that case, they tend to all be beautiful. Oh no, I haven't used a kaleidoscope in a long time. Maybe you could have a yicky view, but I don't think so. As long as the things in it are bright and pretty and you've got a lot of light, it's always going to be beautiful. So that's one way. This yo-yo thing is a little different. I've got this up and down And then I realized this 15-year number, and I somehow can't just ignore it. I can't just ignore it. Can't just sit here and say, oh, well, that happened. That's what I did last year. That's what I did last year after a whole year of buildup to a birthday. And I was like, yeah, that happened. This 15-year number, this podcast, it's different. It's different than my life and the days that go unacknowledged. This 15-year thing is different, and I'm not willing to just ignore it because I'm the one probably who has to say, hey, you did this 15 years. Good job. I can't let it go without acknowledging it. The podcast site is going to go down at some point this summer as I try and sort out a new solution yet again. The situation that necessitates this threw me for a loop last week in that middle of all those other things. Something happened and I was like, oh, no. I have to really face this again and deal with it and figure something else out. Just one thread in a very haphazard game of pickup sticks last week, a whole bunch of things all scattered at the same time, just dropped right there on top of me, a mixed bag, some good, some bad. Thankfully, there's that mix, that balance. So how to recognize 15 years? I realize that I am the one it matters to most. It is for me that I need to do a show that says 15 years. 
After the first year, everyone else stopped noticing that the podcast too was aging, that we have this June 4 day. But 15, it seems to warrant some reflection. I wouldn't be me if I didn't think that it warranted some reflection. Of course, I think 500 shows will warrant some reflection and who knows what other landmarks might be coming up if this show continues. I realize that many of you will think this show is a classic navel-gazing exercise. We are more than 20 minutes in and I haven't even gotten started. Might have to cut this one into two parts if I can figure out a, a good way to package them up. But I really think it's one of those A to Z things. You got to get on the train and you got to go all the way around because if you get off, you're going to be stuck in the middle of nowhere. So you're going to have to ride it all the way to the end. So I realize that there's a lot of navel gazing going on. And maybe that's my shtick. Maybe that's my shtick. Navel gazing wasn't even a phrase I had ever heard back when I started the CMP. 15 years. Today is episode 446. There have been assorted other shows not included in the numbering, so it means a lot. There are a lot. It's not as many as some. It's more than others. And I do it in a margin. I wish I had a closet, actually, where it was nice and soundproofed and would give me better audio. I'm still using the same microphone that I started with 15 years ago. Episode 446. It's a lot. The first 250 plus shows have been taken down. And if I had to do it all over again, I would do it differently. And now I just can't figure out the best approach. I have to do something though. But 250 shows, 250 plus, they're gone. When I opened up the show notes for the first handful of shows from the website, thinking that I should just take a minute and look back. What did I talk about? Who was I? What did I talk about in June of 2006? What has this journey really been like? I know there were some dark years in there and some quiet years in there. And really, 15 is kind of too big for me. I lose all sense of really how that plays out. I've done that timeline before. I did some list creation for Patreon one time. And so I've done the timeline where I can see all the shows that were in the different years. I need to keep that in sight somehow so I understand this canon of podcasting, this canon of creative work, this canon of audio essay, for lack of a better phrase. So I can understand the shape of it. So I had pulled up the early shows, the earliest pages, and I was a little bit overwhelmed. Now, there were problems on the pages, and that became its own sort of can of worms that I couldn't let it go, and I'm still trying to fix a bunch of them. But it was overwhelming just to see those notes and the things that were in those shows. Episode one, Diary of a Worm, Diary of a Spider, Journaling with Kids, Sock Monkeys, so many links and things mentioned to inspire you. Love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, a milk and grape juice purple cow, a little bit of Jackson Pollock. Episode two, the world around us and an essay about fairies, 
and a creative prompt, a series of four by four squares, the Charlotte's web shawl and knitting, Mrs. Beaton's ruffled wrist warmers, a pattern from Brenda Dane of the Cast On podcast, episode three, layer by layer, a preschool story about a fallen tree, episode four, a self-portrait prompt with a visual focus and an essay about some self-portraits I did years ago, the space between. Episode five, scones, lots of scones, a crayon on the wall, creative mom moment, a self-portrait creative prompt with a written focus, two sides of the coin. Episode six, my podcast sweater, treasure bags, mix your own watercolors. And I know what treasure bags were. I made them. But reading that, I was super curious what sweater that might have been. My podcast sweater? so confused. Episode 9, Fueling the Flame, an excerpt from Khalil Gibran at the start. Quote, your children are not your children. They are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They came through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls. For their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. For life goes not backwards nor tarries with yesterday. You are the bows from which your children as living arrows are sent forth. But then, knitted cupcakes, commonplace books, Eric Carle's process, and Eric Carle did pass away in the last week. And that was so sad to see. It was all in the same mix as I was putting together these notes. And he was a tremendous presence in my years as a parent and the books on our shelves. Paper cranes, lots of them, sock knitting, moleskines, and more. And as I kept poking around, I found all of these familiar threads all of these little things like fireflies rising up at dusk. If you live in the South, you know that. All of a sudden, they just rise up in this cloud of twinkling light. All of these familiar threads, words, phrases, colors, books, moments, memories, pens and watercolors and pencils, Halibut Jackson, a favorite children's book, and Holly Hobby flashbacks, those persist. Mermaid Socks, a clothesline hallway gallery, Stella books, Peter Reynolds books, math books, trips to flax, artist dates, the origin even of the artist date, the description of us at that table, what he was working on, what we were drinking, a moment there that I didn't remember. Slumps, art journals, ATCs, lots of those. Kid music like spaghetti cake, the end of preschool, mono printing, those collaged goodbye cards, dragon boats, accordion books from cardstock, little books for little boys. That one was a total surprise. Photography, Ed Emberley, the dragon curtains, a distracted fish doodle, castles, lunchbox notes, Trips to Oregon and the Duck Pond, toy drawings, drawing in the car, a hundred things list, a long review of Creative License, the line Pepto-Bismol jeans jumps out at me from my notes, 
all of that was in the first handful of shows. I can't even imagine we did some word analysis of the first 15 years. Wow. Part of me thinks that would be really a cool project, but I mean, really, I just don't have that kind of time. If anything, I would ever go back and work on sketchnoting shows. I'd have to stop everything else in the margin to do that, though. That's why it hasn't happened. But all of that was in the first handful of shows. And in looking at these old show notes, I clicked on many of the links. I used to talk about all kinds of sites. I had a really clear idea of what I was doing when it was the Creative Mom podcast. And it was really sobering, really disheartening to realize how many of those sites are gone. I would click through and the sites are just gone. Or I would click through and the last post was a decade or more ago, 15 years. It is a long time and it's more than a flag in the sand. It means something. It means something. And I'm hoping that I can figure that out, partly by doing this show. I may not have succeeded by certain benchmarks. I may have been succeeding much more in the first year than in subsequent years. But I've stuck with it. I've been true to myself. My creative life has grown. My sense of my creative self has grown. My ability to understand others especially others whose processes or values or approaches are different than mine, has grown. My ability to look at all sides has grown. My appreciation of process has continued to grow. After looking at some of the show notes on the website, I kept wondering about the podcast sweater, puzzled by what it meant, confused about not being able to remember something that I would have referred to that way, because if I call something my podcast sweater, then it would be pretty important to me. I wouldn't forget that podcast sweater. That phrase is ultimately why I went digging in the files, the actual files, not the website. I was wondering what it was. What sweater? I know what sweater I was making when I was pregnant the final time, and I've talked about that. Definitely that's my Penelope sweater. I know that I've talked about that. I know special shawls that I've made that have significance. My Charlotte's Web shawl was made before there was a podcast even. I was just a knitting blogger back then for several years. So podcast sweater, it was in my head. And I woke up with a start one morning too early, too early to really be fully awake and stay awake. And I woke up with a start realizing suddenly that I wasn't even sure if I still had a copy of the podcast files. The show notes, what's on the website, those are super bare bones. But the files that I use when I record the shows, I hadn't even thought about the files when I was puzzling over the phrase that the files hold the answer. I could go back to the files and see exactly what that reference was to. Before I thought about the files, I had thought, oh, I'm going to actually have to listen to the old podcast, <laughs> suffer my way through it, through younger, earlier me, and see if I hear the reference, see if I can pay attention to myself long enough to hear the reference. But I woke up thinking, oh yeah, the files, that's the key. And then I wasn't sure if I still had the files. So I had this moment of panic. A lot of things have been displaced between computer changes over the years and backup drives that fail and this and that. 
felt like I had to see episode one. I needed to find the show notes. It suddenly was this burning thing. The podcast sweater's not in episode one, but I felt like I had to go all the way back to the beginning. I needed to see an origin point, a ground zero. I remembered that at some point, I copied some of the shows into Evernote. I thought, oh, yeah, that was smart of me. So I searched and I searched. Remember, this is still super early. I'm barely awake. I can barely keep my eyes open. My body's not ready to be awake, but my mind is freaking out about the fact that I cannot find episode one. I searched every combination and all kinds of show notes were coming up for me, but nothing early. I searched and searched in the pre-dawn hours, trying to find episode one. No luck. So the first thing I did when I got up with coffee a couple of hours later was open up my computer, pull up a folder that I haven't looked at in years. Took me a few minutes even to think, oh, that's where I need to look. Yeah, it's the writing folder. (laughs) How funny is it that I haven't looked at it in years? Years. It used to be the most used and most sacred and most protected of folders. It's been years. And there they were. There they were, turned into a total rabbit hole. And now that I know they're not all stored somewhere else, I have this like to-do list, you know, 400 episodes long to try and rectify that and make sure that I have a copy. I need them like on a little key fob USB port. (laughs) Well, maybe I need it in a little bitty USB drive that would fit into a little glass bottle. I'm so kidding that I could put on a necklace, right? Okay, now I'm laughing. So it's better than crying because there was a real chance I would just cry my way through this show. But now I'm laughing at myself because that's such a silly thing. So it was a rabbit hole. So I opened them up and I just sort of glanced back at what they were. I looked at episode one and I have certain memory of episode one and a specific book. But what struck me in episode one was that the prompt for that week And it was the first prompt ever on the show. I don't even do prompts anymore. I really always liked that. But that first prompt involved taking a calendar and filling in the squares each day. Wow. You've heard that before, right? You've heard that recently. You've heard it in many, many podcasts. You might not have remembered that you heard it also in episode one. I didn't remember that. And I said... If you're feeling a little blue, a little listless, a little torn, a little split, a little drained or weak or not yourself, take a minute this week to reconnect with your creative spirit. Grab a new blank book and start a new journal. Recommit to spending a bit of time, no matter how small, each week to thinking about planning or actively doing something in a creative medium you feel strongly connected to. And I explained the inspiration behind the prompt, something I had seen in a magazine, and a little bit about the artist's work that I saw. And I think it was a comic book style recording. Really interesting to go back and see this. And I said, each day she draws a small sketch of something that summarizes the day for her. And it sounded a little bit like this. Today's prompt hinges on something I saw in Artist Sketchbook magazine earlier this year. It was about an artist that journals her week using a comic book style 
and a calendar. Each day she draws a small sketch or something that summarizes the day for her. And she had done illustrations and some watercolor paintings of each day. So you had either a month or a week at a glance on a page in her journal. The idea of those small squares and the visual annotation of each day really stuck with me. It's come back to me several times as something I'd really like to try and as something that seems really manageable. I'm a big journaler anyway. I like to record everything out of fear. I believe that I will forget everything, but I don't tend to do my journaling visually. And I thought that the use of the squares was a really interesting approach, almost a really low pressure approach. Why don't we try it? Use your wall calendar or else prep a page in a journal by drawing the squares for a couple of days or just putting the month at the top of the page and drawing a box for the first day. Each day, create a box with a date in it, a number like on a calendar, and then at the day's end or the next morning, record something about the day. The show started out as the Creative Mom podcast and the contours of my life were super different 15 years ago maybe not super different. Different in a few important ways, for sure. Not super different overall. I feel super different. I feel like it's all super different because those small differences are actually really big differences. But the show started from a different point in time. So much got loaded into episode one, me as a knitter, but not managing much else. Me as someone who always wanted to write a book. That's part of what the show is all about. Finding time and picking our projects carefully. I think sometimes my problem is I have way too many projects buzzing around in my head that I'd like to do. I have done a lot of projects and I do knit. And while that's not the end-all be-all of my creative sort of helix, it is a large part of how I channel my creativity these days. I knit a lot and I do make time for knitting. Uh, the boys have a bunch of knitted hats. I have hats and scarves and shawls, and we all have a few sweaters. So knitting is something that I have managed to do. You don't need absolute peace and quiet. All you really need to knit is some time without someone climbing on top of you. There's a section on watercolor, and then there's this tiniest essay, at least in my notes. I'm not positive it's in the show, but a tiny, tiny essay about folding a paper football and playing a classic game of tabletop paper football. And I turned that into a philosophical moment. And the word magic appears in that story. I don't remember writing that or recording it at all. And it went something like this in terms of the end of it, a sort of wrap it all up. It's a simple game, maybe even a silly game, but it's a game with history. It's a game that stresses imagination and the fact that with careful folding, a little piece of paper can be turned into something totally different and totally fun. These are the moments that make a life. These are the moments that make a memory. These are the moments that hinge upon creativity, mine and his, in so many ways that they almost feel like they don't have anything to do with creativity until you start looking deeper at the moment and the moments leading up to the moment. In this case, a bunch of Legos, a clever klutz book, a piece of computer paper, a coffee table, 
and our hands. These are the moments I'll never forget. He might. After all, I don't remember who taught me to fold a paper football, but I won't. And someday when he's older and teaching his own child to fold a football, maybe, just maybe, there'll be some hint of memory of the light and magic that we shared in playing that first game together. And then another essay, Make It Special, the problem with the pressure to make something special rather than enjoy the process. I look back at these notes from 15 years ago, and I know that the undercurrents of the CMP stayed the same. The kids grew up, and the show evolved away from the parenting angle and the kid stories and even the cute kid voices, which I really miss. It's good, though, that I didn't get hung up on the kid angle. Good that there was always a me angle, too, a creative me angle, that the show from the very beginning was about both the creative person and the creative act of parenting and about creative kids. It's good that I didn't get hung up because kids grow up. And we are left with whatever our inner core is in terms of our creative lives. The creative thread within us that remains, and that is the focus of the CMP. The journey to find, rekindle, nurture, protect, and enjoy our creative lives and the time we spend making things, whether that's a little bit each day or hours of time that we now have, time that's now silent or solo or alone or lonely, silent where there used to be all those little voices. Essay four was a focus on self, and it contained an essay I mentioned a minute ago called The Space Between. I was going to read it I think I'm going to hold that off. I do another self-portrait philosophical span of thinking in June. So maybe I will pull this back out then and just resurface it in a few weeks. So we'll hold off on that for now. 15 years. If I let myself, I could just keep going through this and spinning things together and restringing and reweaving and making something new out of all the old things because... Looking back, there's this profound sense of all of this stuff behind me, all of this stuff even that I have sort of forgotten, and yet the record of it is there. I am grateful for all of you and any of you who have listened through the years or are listening now. I don't know where I would be without the CMP. It is a margin. It is still a margin. The rest of the stuff doesn't go away. And the rest of the stuff grew and grew and grew and grew over these years. CMP is a margin still. And as much as I try and weigh things and what really needs to happen, I don't know where I would be without the CMP. I've grown a lot in all these years. Those of you who have been here for a long time have also. We have all changed. The one thing that has held us together in some form of community, some form of awareness of other people who may be very different than us individually, but we all have this creative impulse, this creative urge. We like to keep sketchbooks or journals, draw pictures, make collages, knit, spin. We like to do all these things. It is the thread that has held us together. I've captured 
lots of stories and details that otherwise would have fluttered away. And these shows have been in many, many ways. Self-portraits of their own or taken together, they also form an overall image. And when I was going through and fixing links, I continue to just work my way backwards now trying to fix some things. I had to laugh. Episode 43 back in 2007 was titled Have Index Card Will Draw. And it had a story about restaurant art and always carrying a stack of index cards with you because it is such a convenient thing, such a wonderful canvas for making notes or drawing or writing down your deepest thoughts or writing your messages to the universe. I'm really big on that one these days. It's interesting to see how these things have just recurred and reappeared throughout the years and how they tie into other things now, like the Index Card a Day Challenge from Daisy Yellow, which starts soon, might have already started by the time the show comes out. And I am shifting gears in my head again to go out of my sketchbook and back onto index cards. We'll see what happens. So I went ahead and recorded today, even though I didn't feel like I had super polished up everything that I wanted to say, because I think that I probably couldn't, that there's just too much and it would just go on and on and on. And so I think it's better for me just to go ahead and put it out there, get this show ready. It might come out a few days before that actual first show date. And that's okay. Working within my own schedule, I can probably get it out June 1st or so, whereas the actual start of the show was June 4th. So it's close enough. Close enough. Close enough. What's that saying? Close enough only counts in horseshoes. You can always count on me for some kind of saying, right? As much as I don't think I have any of the South in me somehow, I think there are a lot of sayings. So I might later wish I had really made this a nice snow globe moment because, you know, that's me. But I think it's important to realize and to continue to make myself realize that these shows are transient. You probably hear every 20th word or every paragraph, one out of 12 or something, as you do other things. And I totally understand that. I appreciate it. I'm the same way. I go back and re-listen and re-listen and re-listen to books on tape because I lose my focus. So I understand how that works. It's better to just let them go. They are not books on a shelf somewhere that are all finished up and edited and sanitized and shaped and reshaped and shaped again. They get a good bit of that sometimes. That's my nature. After all, it's, or used to be, the writing folder. They have always been a form of essay for me, happy or not, positive or not, parenting or not. And through all these years, you've heard all the street sounds that are actually not really close. but They come in through these windows, depending on which room I'm in, determines what you hear. Oh, 15 years, new equipment. Yes, it would be nice. Uh, solving my sight. Yes, it would be nice. Pulling the plug. Mm. Oh, 15 years. It is more than a flag in the sand. I did run across a compilation clip and audio. I haven't yet determined if it stood alone or was in a show. I'm thinking it was probably in a show that was from the first anniversary of the CMP 
At that time, there was a really big community. It was vibrant and active, and people were excited about being a part of it. Most of those people are people that are no longer part of the CMP and that I, I miss because that first year, there was such a, such a positive vibe. It was so empowering and so exciting and so giddy in its own way. That first year was a big deal. And I put together this clip that is a montage of things from the first year. There were 50 shows, I think, in the first year. And it's a little too long to play here because I think it is a little bit long in and of itself. But I might put it out separately. So if you hear a show come up and you're like, what? What is this? That's what it will be. I will give it a little bit of an intro, but I might play it again just to resurface it because, again, you can't hear any of those old shows and they sound a lot different now. I sometimes think, oh, part of this whole horrible aging process is also really dramatic changes in voice and the amount of air that I have. Listening back, I thought, wow, I sounded a lot different 15 years ago. I might play that clip separately. I am the art. The art is me. Well, it could have gone much more poorly than I think it went. The box could have just busted wide open. Busted. Could have burst wide open. (sighs) I am going to make a kaleidoscope this summer. I have to make one for work, so I guess I will sort out my questions. It could have gone much worse. And it's more than an hour. I rarely do that anymore, partly because I can't store these shows. So I doubt that very many people made it all the way through. Even though this might come out early, it's not like some big, oh, everybody needs to tell me happy anniversary to the CMP because, you know, uh, I'm not asking for that. (laughs) that. That's not really, that's not really the point. So I do appreciate you listening. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlis. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. I have been pushing the hashtag illustrate your week prompts through the Creativity Matters podcast stream instead. I have real misgivings about those two things being separate. I think that's never been great, but they still are. I posted an iCAD flip through at YouTube, and I'm really hoping to do a flip through of the three journals that are related to the 50 before 50 project. These things take time. They take space. They take equipment. They're slow coming out for me, but I'm learning a ton. I posted another video doing some swatch testing with Copic markers and fine liners, and there were some technical issues. But overall, I still, with each video, I am learning a good bit, and that's how I do things. That's how we do things here. We learn by doing, and I'm going to embrace that. So I would love it if you check out the YouTube channel and if you might follow there. Thank you to those of you who have supported the show in any way in these many years. And those of you who are supporting the show now, whether that's through Kofi or the Amazon wishlist or just because or through Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe.